Hello there, and welcome to a new episode of the Hyperbaric Reviews podcast with your two hosts, two people who wouldn't be pleased to be leaving this shitty planet. It's Brad Roll and JT. Hello, everyone. <laughs> That's a good intro as always, Brad Roll, and it's uh, great to be back. It is indeed. And um, we hope you enjoyed our, our previous episode where we reviewed The Nostril Picker. I'm sure none of you have heard of that movie before, but hopefully we did it some kind of justice because the movie itself did itself no credit. So <laughs> we're continuing in a like-minded fashion this week by looking at strange movies, for lack of a better term. And we are looking at a Peter Jackson classic, which came out in 1987, called Bad Taste. Now, JT, yeah. you actually came up, sorry, uh, but you, you came yeah. up with the idea for this movie. So what was your kind of forethought going into this? <laughs> yeah, I did. This was a bit of a classic um, when I was at school. It was one of those films that, everyone sort of knew about I don't know it had like this kind of infamy about it everyone knew this bad taste for maybe it's because of the cover with the alien his finger up and stuff and obviously as we'll discuss as we go on it's pretty full-on isn't it particularly for back then I mean it's just gory for gore's sake I mean there's not really much of a story to it um interestingly it came out in 87 in New Zealand um we didn't get it over here until 1990 apparently just looking at the release dates so three years after it came out in New Zealand, it finally hit the UK. Um, the US got it in 89, so a couple of years later. So it was obviously um, doing the rounds over in New Zealand for a few years before it made it over the pond. Well, that's quite interesting, actually. I did read that um, this movie actually took four years to make because it had no budget, did it? It was just Peter Jackson with a handy cam and a bunch of his mates. And they used to, they, over the course of four years, they just spent their weekends filming it and it had no script. And all it was, was every weekend, like whatever Peter Jackson fought up that week while he was doing his day job is what they shot, which is probably why the film makes no sense. Interestingly as well, um, the runtime is really sporadic. So the movie is actually billed. There's a version of it that's 91 minutes. The actual VHS release that came out in 1989 was 86 minutes, but the DVD copy was 98 minutes. So there must be all kinds of cuts all over the place for this one. Yeah, I mean, I watched it on Amazon. I think it was around 90, 92 minutes, something like that. That's what I've got here is the running time, but that's coming off IMDb. Um, apparently, it did have a final budget, I guess, once it was all done, of $25,000, which I'm assuming is New Zealand dollars, which equates to around 13000 in Great British Pounds. So, I mean, if it took him four years, I guess, spending that over the course of four years, it's not a lot, is it? Yeah, that's right. Well, apparently... Um... He only got that budget right towards the end. He was working on it. And I think people, someone, I don't know, like the New Zealand film, you know, people, whatever, like festival or whatever, they they saw footage of it. And they for some reason, they liked what they saw. So they gave him some money, money to help him complete it, which um, okay. also comes into, as you probably noticed while you're watching it, the whole movie is dubbed like a lot of old movies back then were, especially low-budget movies. Mad Max stands out for having a dubbed version and the original version, mainly because in Mad Max, most of the cast had really thick Australian accents and no one else on the planet could understand what they were saying, so they dubbed it before it sort of went out worldwide. <laughs> um, the reason this one's dubbed is because the camera that Peter Jackson was using for the majority of the shooting had no video um, sound recorder. So oh, right. he wouldn't have been recording sound. Obviously, this is way back when, and it was a second-hand camera. And it was only at the end when he got the budget that he had a camera that could pick up audio. But in the end, they just completely overdubbed the entire movie. Oh, well, I didn't know that. And I've seen this film quite a few times. This is the first time recently I've seen it, probably for a good 10, 15 years. But um, 
I didn't know that. I mean, the accents are still, they're still New Zealand accents, aren't they? They're not particularly strong, but they're, they're still the New Zealand. So was it the original actors they used for the voices? I'm assuming it would have been. Yeah, yeah, it was, because it's all his his buddies and his friends, and they just redid mm. their voices. Although, strangely enough, as you probably picked up, well, you may have picked up on, but it all sounds like they're putting on voices throughout this movie, isn't it? Yes. So, like, they sound like they're yeah, really, yeah. like... I don't know, like they're doing like a sketch on like CBBS or something like that, and it's just it's really <laughs> ridiculous. But yeah, they all came back and did their um, just re-recorded all their dialogue and their their script, I guess. But yeah, it's just the fact that when they're actually filming it, the camera wasn't picking up any sound, so I've, I'd imagine they knew they would oh. have had to have done it anyway. Yeah, no, they did quite a good job actually. Like I say, I've never really noticed it. But I mean, it, it's very low budget and it doesn't pretend to be anything else, does it? Even the gore and that's really badly done. But it's kind of. I mean, this is even more tongue-in-cheek than the nostril pickle, I would say. Um, just interestingly, before we go on, um, Pete O'Hearn, who plays Barry in the film, I don't know if you know, he died in 2010. He was only 49. And he died of heart failure. Um, and Peter Jackson actually attended his funeral and gave a speech because he was one of his mates. But yeah, only 49 when he died, the guy who played Barry. So it's sad. Yeah, but it's, not, it's no age at all, really, is it? You know, and in the grand yeah. scheme of things, um, so to speak. But it is strange, I think, like, you look at like careers and Peter Jackson, I mean, as you know, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, both the books and the movies are some, one of my favorite set of movies. And you look at like where obviously he started with stuff like this to go on and do something like Lord of the Rings, which is Herald is one of probably the finest cinematic experiences and who's to argue, but it makes you wonder, doesn't it? People like, like Spielberg and, you know, Cameron and that, you know, where are all their sort of dodgy shitty little movies that they were doing before, like things like Jurassic Park came along or Jaws came along. Yeah, I mean, this is probably one of the biggest transitions, isn't it, from this to Lord of the Rings? I mean, you couldn't get sort of films that are further apart, could you? No, because like you say, like the, the gore in this, I mean, this is probably one of the goriest movies I've seen. I mean, yeah, the quality of the gore isn't the best you've ever seen. But when you actually break it down for how much like brains and blood and just mm. splatter is in this, it is literally <laughs> ridiculous. It must be literally just on, on that front, just one of the goriest films I've ever seen. Yeah, and I think that's why I had such a cult following when I was at school. I mean, you know, it was an 18. Randomly, it's only rated 16 on Amazon. I don't know why. I've never even seen a 16 rating before. When I watched it yesterday, it told me it was a 16. But, I mean, obviously, we were... I was, what, 14, 15 when this came out. So, you know, we weren't, shouldn't have been watching it. Obviously, we did. And it was just... Because it was so gory, we'd never really seen anything like it. Yeah, because I remember a friend of mine showed me this... Um... It was his dad's copy on VHS um, just after school. I was around his house one day and he said, oh, you like horror movies? Let's, you know, stick this on. And at first I wasn't paying attention. And then as a, as a young kid and I loved horror movies, when I started seeing all the gore, I was just like, you know, what's all this about? This is like a bit bizarre. But um, we'll probably touch on some of the finer points of certain sequences that happen in this, in this movie. But it kind of makes like Evil Dead look like, well, like in My Little Pony. Yeah, it does a little bit. And I think what we're going to watch next week um, kind of takes that to another level, if I remember rightly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, obviously, we'll, we'll discuss that um, at the end of this one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, what we got next week. I do remember a certain sequence from that. And it's strange, again, when you think <laughs> that, like, PJ did this, then he did what we're going to discuss next week. And then they say that he went on to Lord of the Rings. It's like night and day with the quality of movies, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so shall, um, shall we get into this one then, Bradwell? Let's have a look. So the movie... Pretty much the premise is aliens have come to Earth because their fast food chain is failing and they want to feed on human flesh. Although 
you wouldn't really know that is the plot of this movie unless you actually read the back of the case or at least a synopsis that you can find online because as JT alluded to at the start of this podcast, there's not really much in the way of kind of exposition or build up to this, is it? It just kind of starts and you're along for the journey. Yeah, I mean, obviously we find out a little bit later on what their plan is, but it's about halfway through the film that we actually find out really what's going on. I mean, it starts with just an emergency phone call, doesn't it? And there's a, a woman's voice and saying basically they need the boys and they press that button on the phone called the boys. Um, and uh, the guys from the uh, superhero program don't appear. Um, but that's the randomly, that's the only time there's a woman ever in this film, that voice. There's no women in this film at all, is there? They're all guys. Shit, you know, I, I didn't even notice that. You're right, of course. Um, but I didn't when I was watching it. I, I wasn't that I didn't clock on that at all. But yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's strange. I'd never, I'd never clocked it before until I watched it yesterday, and I just thought, hold on, there's actually no women in this. Apparently, some of the aliens were played by women um, in that when they have their see them in their alien guys. I mean, we'll talk about them when we get to that part. But some of those were actually women in the suits. But other than that, there's no actual women in this film apart from that voice at the start. So, yeah, just a, a random little thing I picked up on. So, I mean, at the start, we're introduced by, we're introduced to Barry, I think his name is, isn't it? And he's being stalked by one of the aliens, but he looks human at this point. We don't know he's an alien. He's sort of running after him with an axe, isn't he? Um, yeah, because I believe, uh, the, the deeper plot is like so this whole town has been replaced by the aliens hasn't it like they've taken all the mm. humans they've obviously done what they want of them and they're all disguised at this stage as these humans and this barry guy that we meet fucking mr Porntash or what <laughs> yeah, he is, isn't he? he's the he's the poor poor chap who uh, who died but yeah he has got a good porn Porntash in this um and I think he's, he's got a gun, hasn't he? Because he shoots the alien in the head, doesn't he? If I remember rightly, and his head kind of blows up, and then he falls over. Doesn't he fall over and hit his jeans, and the, the sort of half of his head scrapes down his jeans and leaves all the blood and brains and that on his jeans, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Because he's sort of like he's running along, and, and again, you've got no exposition here, so he's running along. He's got this like fucking weird blonde guy of an axe, like say, like half limping walking after him and stalking him he's on the radio to someone and there's this like, complete weirdo who's got like this fucking i don't know radio strapped to his forehead or something and it's like dangling down in front of his face and he's on the cliff top and it really takes a while to kind of figure out what's happening in this movie like you said you know the plot doesn't really reveal itself i mean we used to term plot loosely it doesn't really reveal itself for halfway through so the first sort of like half an hour 40 minutes of this movie you're just kind of like what the fuck is happening here but yeah he shoots this guy with a big fucking clint eastwood magnum and i gotta say like the effects in this movie they're pretty ropey but considering there was no budget that bit where he blows this guy's head off i thought wasn't terrible like you can tell they had a mannequin and they had like all the blood in it and then like the brains and that like it didn't leave much to the imagination but i was like you know what considering they had to probably just make that with whatever they could get their hands on it wasn't bad no actually um i've got a few bits here in some of the later deaths some of the bits actually look quite good i mean I use, again, the term quite good loosely, but certainly, yeah, you, they're passable, aren't they, some of the effects? I mean, there is a, too much blood and splatter and gore, but that's the whole point of this film. Um, the guy that you were talking about on the clifftop, his name's Derek, who's kind of like the main character in a way, isn't he? Yeah, I think that that is actually... Is that Peter Jackson? Because he played... Yeah, Peter Jackson does play Derek, doesn't he? Uh, Peter Jackson, um, I don't know if he plays Derek. I know he's one of the aliens, because he's the one hanging from the cliff, isn't he, with the rope around his leg? Rob Robert is the is that one I've got here in according to IMDb Peter Jackson plays Derek and Robert but I didn't think that was him but IMDb say that is Peter Jackson he plays Derek and Robert Robert's the 
the guy we're talking about now, because Derek's got him hanging by a rope, hasn't he, on a cliff. And he's quite proud of this. He's telling them, I've got one of the bastards. He's on a, on a rope or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that is Peter Jackson. But yeah, I, I was a bit dubious about whether Derek was Peter Jackson. So I thought it doesn't really look like it. I mean, I know this is like 35 years old, but even so. Yeah, I, I, I'd go on a limb and say, no, it's not. That might just be a misprint. But then you, you don't know, do you? Because obviously where it's filmed over the course of four years, maybe he kind of... He changed about. I tell you what, he's a lot slimmer in this movie than he has been in some of the interviews I've seen, like the Lord of the Rings movie. And I, I'm not the slimmest guy in the world. So obviously, age gets to you, and so do the uh, the pork pies. But he's, he's he's probably the the best shape I've seen him in in this movie, even when he is hanging off a cliff. Well, he didn't have his Lord of the Rings money then to buy the pork pies, did he? He's probably living on a shoestring back then. It probably, it probably was, yeah. It's probably the same shoestring they used to hang him off this cliff. i got to say, obviously, because this movie, again, had no budget. He's literally hanging off a legitimate cliff. There's no no sign yeah. of, like, cables. And obviously, I doubt they could afford, you know, like, stuntmen or, like, safety harnesses or anything. So, they were, you know, they, they have a fight on the end of this cliff a little bit later on as well, like, coming up. And I'm thinking, you know, if they just did that, that could have gone wrong in so many ways. I thought exactly the same thing, and we'll get to the fight in a second. But yeah, it's it's really well filmed, isn't it? And I'm thinking, my my god, that is risky what they're doing here, and it's really really dodgy. But there we go; they obviously all survived. Um, we also get introduced in this sort of bit to the collector guy. He's coming to the village. He's been, I don't know, I don't know what he's collecting for. I can't remember. But he's he's posted these cards for everyone's letterbox, and he's coming back to collect whatever he's posted the cars through and he he drives a Morris Minor and apparently I've read that Peter Jackson's got a little bit of an obsession with Morris Miners he really loves them and that's why there's one in this film I don't know if you knew anything about that I didn't know but I know that a lot of directors do have their things like Sam Raimi for example um, who did Evil Dead can't remember what the name of the car is but whatever car Ash Williams drives in Evil Dead appears in pretty much all his movies like even the Spider-Man movies he did Uncle Ben drives the same car that Ash Williams did and all these directors have these little okay. kind of things don't they they're little kind of like quirks so yeah, yeah it didn't surprise me are those cards do you notice like there's two things in this movie one of them is those cards and one of them is called bread and it's like beneficial relief <laughs> and emergency aid division so i thought oh, i must be a shout out to my good self for that one yeah it must be I, di- I didn't pick up on that to be fair i was kind of watching this and typing at the same time so some of the little details i didn't see so yeah, that's a good shout there bro but obviously they were they were thinking of you when they made this, and uh, why not? Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, before, yeah, well, I was I was a couple of years old when this came out. But did you um, do you notice? Because obviously these guys, and you wouldn't believe it because I, I just you just wouldn't when you see this movie like the look of them. But they're part of a government agency that's called the Astro Investigation and Defense Service, or otherwise known as AIDS. They've actually got AIDS on their <laughs> on their shoulder plate. Um, when they put their uniforms on later on, they've actually got like an insignia that says AIDS. <laughs> It's amazing. I mean, little things like that, obviously, just, you know, you've got to laugh, haven't you? <laughs> so we, we get, we sort of cut now to Barry again, and he's he's being attacked by loads of them, isn't there? He goes into this shed, and like loads of aliens now come out. They all still look human, though, so you don't actually know they're aliens at this point. And then we sort of get, he's in this shed hiding from them, and then we get introduced to Frank and Ozzy, two other characters. So we've got Barry, Frank, Ozzy, and Derek now. They're the sort of four main guys, aren't they? We've got the collector as well, obviously. Um, and they're in this Capri listening to heavy metal, aren't they? And Derek's trying to get hold of them on the radio. Um, and they, they're kind of, I, I don't want to sound like stereotypical here, but they, they're kind of like that 80s sort of 
how you'd expect Aussie stroke New Zealand people to look, aren't they, with their mullets and stuff and all that? They are, yeah. They're very, they're very stereotypical kind of rockers, aren't they? With like the hair, obviously yeah. inspired by probably bands like the Sex Pistols and stuff. Now, I, I was going to ask you this actually, because um, I know you're into your your cars a little bit. The car they're driving. To me, that looks like an Escort Mark One, which is the same car that the police drove in Mad Max as their pursuit vehicles. Is that the right vehicle? Do you think? It's a it's a Capri. It's uh, I think I'm uh, pretty sure it's a purple Capri. So it's a Ford. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's a Capri. I think I did. I've written down it's a Capri. So I'm going to go all out and say that is, it is a Capri. So it's a Ford. Um, it's quite cool actually. They're they're quite. Um, quite sought after cars these days obviously Del Boy had a Capri didn't he the Pratmobile was a Capri did, my, speaking of Pratmobile my stepdad <laughs> had a Capri years ago as well um I just remember though the shape of it because I was watching Mad Max as a kid when he when he had that car I didn't know if it's the exact same model but I was like oh man that looks like the uh obviously the uh the Mad Max pursuit vehicle so I was always pretty pretty hot on that car I just thought it was pretty badass I just didn't know must have been popular back in those days especially over in New Zealand and Australia as well so I just didn't know if it's the same the same model car, perhaps. Yeah, no, they have great cars, Capris, actually. Yeah, then, like I say, they're a bit of a cult classic now. Um, so we've now got Derek. He's on his radio, and he's telling them that um, he's got an extra... He says something about the whole town must have been taken by these extraterrestrial bastards. So we kind of get a feeling now that these guys are aliens. But I don't know how, how they know they're aliens at this point, because they haven't really revealed themselves as being extraterrestrial or alien, have they? They haven't, no. I mean, the only thing that's kind of given them away is the fact they're all dressed the same, like in blue jeans and blue denim shirts. They look like a bunch <laughs> of sailors on their day off, don't they? But they all kind of, <laughs> they walk a bit strange. But other than that, they don't really kind of do much to kind of draw attention to themselves, do they? No, not at this point. I mean, Derek's got Peter Jackson, like, dangling by a rope. And he starts hammering a bloody sword into his foot, doesn't he, to try and get him to talk. <laughs> which is quite random. And that's when we, we get another bit of blood, which looks really fake when he's hammering his sword into Peter Jackson's foot. Oh, that, Robert is the name of the alien. Yeah, that looks crap, that blood, doesn't it? Like he's hammering, you know, like yeah, you say, it, does, it looks like yeah. the fucking ooze from Ghostbusters 2, doesn't it? The stuff that comes out of the, the bloody, <laughs> the pavement or something, it's still Sigourney Weaver's pram. But yeah, that, that was like absolutely dreadful. And it seems to me as well, it's like <laughs> it none it? of them speak. Do they like obviously one of them later on speaks no. like the boss, but he just like makes really like pulls yeah. stupid faces and makes weird noises. Yeah, they, they don't speak at all. And <laughs> this is another bit that did make me chuckle. It cuts back to Barry in the shed and all the aliens are around him and they're using that blonde one as a battering ram, aren't they? To try and <laughs> like break the door of the shed down. They're sort of just whacking his head into the door. Yeah, they are, because he picks up like the fucking the pitchfork, doesn't he? And he tries to kick the door open to surprise one of them. He gets like his hood of his like parker jacket. Stuck on something. <laughs> Stuck on it. So he yeah. shuts the door again and they're trying to break in. But then Peter Jackson, the one who's hanging from the cliff, he's like starts making some weird noise and sort of like they all run after him. And then suddenly there's like 20 sledgehammers. They all just manage to pick up like a sledgehammer. Don't they? Apart <laughs> from one of them, picks up this tiny little like fucking hobbit sized hammer for some reason. And they all just go yeah, like running up up the cliff. And um, old Porntash manages to obviously <laughs> live to fight a bit longer. Yeah, he does, because he, he's dropped his radio as he runs to the shed, but when they all run off going looking for Derek or Robert, because he's made that noise, so they all start heading off in that direction, Barry actually gets out of the shed, finds his radio, and he does radio head to Derek to warn him they're on the way. So then Derek just goes to like this holder and pulls out an Uzi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you notice how like, he goes to the tree line and he just starts firing, and there's not even any of them there. He just yeah. he starts firing at the trees and wasting entire magazines. <laughs> 
I've literally got this here. Derek pulls Newsy out of the bag, starts firing and wasting his yeah. ammo. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's just randomly firing at nothing. The aliens aren't even there at that point. And then he actually runs out of ammo, doesn't he? Which causes him a bit of a problem. The gun sort of jams and he's run out of ammo. And then all, they all turn up at that point and he's like tr- frantically trying to reload the gun. It's like the bit where he just starts like <laughs> pretending he's shooting and he's just like going, eh, yeah. eh, and it's just like they're pretending they're being shot and then they realise they're not and he's just there like a little kid on the fucking playground making stupid noises. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. But then he does manage to get another magazine in it and he shoots that one's guts out, doesn't he? His stomach all rips open and his guts come out. So <laughs> then he kind of gets behind it and pokes a gun through the alien, doesn't he? Through his stomach, through the hole he's just made, and just starts start shooting the other ones. Again, that bit, like the whole fucking movie's weird, but like, there's no need for any of that, is there? It was just a case of, oh, yeah, let's just do it for gore's sake. <laughs> there's no need for him to like poke the gun through the body crevice of like a blown up alien. Yeah. Yeah, because then there's two of them come after him and they both got the sledgehammers. And like. <laughs> He, he shoots one, doesn't he? And his arm comes off, holding the sledgehammer, and it falls into the other one's head. The sledgehammer just literally goes into his cranium and just smashes his head apart, doesn't it? Apparently there was nearly an accident there. Like, I assume, obviously, that take they used, but the bit where the sledgehammer got thrown, it did actually nearly hit one of them in the head um, while they were on the cliff top. But luckily it missed him by, like, an inch or two and just went and obviously crashed on the rocks below. But yeah, there was very nearly an actual accident there. So they obviously threw a real sledgehammer at someone as a stun. And again, none of these people are actors or stuntmen. Me. They're just all general people, aren't they? They're all Peter Jackson's friends. Yeah, I mean, this this bit now, um, Robert, Peter Jackson, the alien, he starts attacking Derek, doesn't he? And this is the bit where they're right on the edge of the cliff. And as you said earlier, I was like, fucking hell, that is dodgy. They could easily fall down that. Um Turns out in the end, there's a bit of a bit of a scuffle, and uh, Derek does actually fall down the cliff. And I actually thought that looked quite good. Going back to some of these effects, not looking too bad, you actually see him sort of bouncing off the rocks and stuff. And he's, he goes, "Mummy!" <laughs> yeah. as he's falling down the cliff, and then he just he just lands at the bottom on the rocks, and it's just like this blood splatter. And it actually looks quite realistic, doesn't it? It's not bad. Like you, obviously, you can tell it's a mannequin folded up because he's kind of like yeah. in kind of like a a rolled up position like he's about to do a roly poly doesn't he and he yeah. like rolls down there but yeah I thought you know what to be fair once again because the movie obviously had no budget they that must have been what they used but the way they shot it was good but one thing I gotta say is just just before that happened obviously Peter Jackson's still hanging upside down one of the dudes with a sledgehammer cuts the rope with the sledgehammer it's like you haven't got an axe you, you know he just swings it at the rope and it cuts <laughs> cleanly and it's like dude that wouldn't even fucking happen yeah, that was a bit far-fetched, wasn't it? I mean, this whole thing's obviously far-fetched, but yeah, in one of the more realistic parts, it was definitely not realistic, if that makes any kind of sense. But at this point now, the collector's arrived in town, and he sort of realises literally no one there, is there? He's, he's going up to the doors, and there's no one left. So he starts to get a bit bit worried about where the hell is everyone. Um, and then Barry radios ahead to Frank and Ozzy. He's now turned up at the, the area where... Uh, Derek was, and um, he's found all the dead bodies for the aliens that Derek shot. Um, and he, he he must see Derek at the bottom of the cliff because he tells Frank and Ozzy that Derek's dead. I can't remember what he says now, his exact words, but they're obviously under the illusion now that Derek's Derek's kind of copped copped it really, and he's fallen down the cliff. He's he's a goner. Yeah, that's it. And it makes me think as well. It's like so these these dudes um in the in the Capri, I don't know how far away they are, but this is back in like the eighties. I mean, with really shitty technology as well. Like, their walkie-talkies must have some bloody range on them because that's all they're using, aren't they? It's like, <laughs> they haven't got, like, long-wave radios or anything. They've just got these shitty little walkie-talkies, yet 
wherever these guys are, because they're driving for about the first fucking quarter or half of the movie before they get anywhere, and he's still managing to reach them. So it's just like, oh, you must have some pretty decent, you know, equipment there, because it doesn't (laughs) look like it from what you're holding. I didn't think of that, yeah. Again, we're not supposed to think of that, are we? Um, at this point, Barry tells the other guys on the radio he's off. He's going to go and look for this alien base. So obviously now they have deduced they're aliens. It's a bit more sort of, sort of well, it's a bit more obvious now that they're not human. Um, so he's off to look for the alien base. Um, we cut back to the collector guy. I can't remember his actual name in the film. We'll just call him the collector. But he's sort of walking around this deserted town. Then he just sort of treads on these entrails, only like guts and stuff. And then he, he sees old uh, Robert. Uh, Peter Jackson eating the blonde boy's brains, doesn't he? <laughs> just out of the top of his head. Yeah, so he's like, I don't know, they must be like cannibalizing each other because he's just there like it's a fucking, like, like a hard boiled egg, doesn't he? He just sort of sat there munching away with a spoon. <laughs> and Jackson takes about a year to kind of like, he makes these weird noises and this big thing. And then out of the long grass, he pulls a fucking machete, doesn't he? He <laughs> starts chasing him. He's like, where did you get that from? But anyway, he starts legging it after him. But it's one of those, again, it's those sequences where he's being chased. At one minute, like Peter Jackson's like right behind him, hot on his trail. And then he gets to his car and Jackson's like a mile away. So it's just like where obviously yeah. they shot it differently. So it's like one minute you're like seconds away from being killed. And now you've got plenty of time because he takes forever to open his car and try and get it started. And Jackson's just in the background somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's a typical movie thing, isn't it? The horror movie thing where the car doesn't start. I mean, obviously he's fumbling around, he's panicking, you would be, but the car, he gets the key in the ignition, the car doesn't start. He's trying to wind the window up, isn't he? But it's not really winding up very well. Yeah, old school winding windows as well. <laughs> oh, dear. I just, just that whole thing. Yeah. It's just like the way they're running, the way Jackson's sort of moving as well. It's just like, for fuck's sake, you know, I don't even know what they were going for with this movie, but it's just ridiculous. <laughs> well, he, he manages to get the window about three quarters of the way up and then Jackson shoves his arm through it, doesn't he? And then he gets the car started and he drives off with Peter Jackson, sort of his arm, and he's just being dragged along by the car and he's sort of running alongside it before he finally manages to let go, which again, obviously wasn't the stuntman. That was Peter Jackson doing it. I mean, it's, it's not particularly fast he's driving, is it, for obvious reasons, but... Yeah, he manages to sort of shake off Peter Jackson and off he goes. Um, so then Barry's spotted this house, hasn't he, by now? He's got his binoculars out and he spots this big house. So he, he's obviously going to go and investigate. He thinks that's where the aliens are, where they're all hanging out. Um, and we see the collector actually going up to the house as well. And then this guy dressed as a chef answers the door, doesn't he, to the collector. And he's got a mallet and he just knocks him out with it. Yeah, this guy dressed as a chef. Is this another Peter Jackson character? So I'm trying to think. What, as in Peter Jackson yeah, playing it? Yeah, because I, I know they're all Peter Jackson characters. Quite... But there's a few of them. I swear there's another guy in this house. It might not be this guy, but I swear there's another one who looks he looks like he's Peter Jackson. Um, I'm just looking at the cast list here. Again, this is according to IMDb, and we're not sure if Peter Jackson plays Derek, but it says he does. It just says here Peter Jackson is Derek and Robert, so I'm not sure. There's all the guys, all the main guys play an alien as well as themselves, or the... the their main character um i don't know what the chef is called um so i don't know i don't think it's peter jackson because this the chef guy is pretty big isn't he? he's quite tall and he's got a bit of a belly on him um but he's got the old beard going on but i don't think that is peter jackson oh, maybe it's peter jackson from the future like what he, what he looks like now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it probably is yeah <laughs> so frank and ozzy get a bit excited at this point don't they they realize there's a bit of trouble kicking off so that they're off to investigate they're getting quite excited now um, they they want a bit of a ruck, don't they? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, it's a bit of a they're, they're sort of like the, the tough guys, aren't they? Um, sort of punky, yeah, and are. for some reason, in the boot of their um, their <laughs> their sort of like Ford Capri, they've got like an entire arsenal of weapons, don't they? They've got like a massive box of what we assume is like explosive and stuff, and they've got like fucking MG42s and all kinds of shit going on. Yeah, they have, because Ozzy gets really excited about the rocket launcher, which we'll come to towards the end of the film. And Frank's like, no, you can't use that. And Ozzy's face drops a bit. He wants the rocket launcher. But yeah, they've got a pretty good arsenal in the boot of that Capri, has to be said. Yeah. Another thing we're coming up to as well is, um, oh, matey boy, he took a tumble off the cliff is somehow still alive, isn't he? Yeah, I'm, I'm literally, we're just getting to that bit now. I mean, the, the next bit here, it cuts to the collector guy and he's now in a like a cooking pot, isn't he, with apples <laughs> and sort of broth and stew whatever it is all around him and uh, turns out this is where we first meet the um the chief guy the, the head alien who actually his name in this uh he's lord crumb he's called um i've just got him down as a chief here so yeah lord crumb he's like the the big boss man of the aliens he informs um the collector that they're going to have him for lunch um, so then it cuts to peter jackson robert and he's sort of showing the collector what they're going to do. And he just cuts his own throat, doesn't he? Sort of hinting they're going to cut this guy's throat. And he manages to cut his own while he's sort of demonstrating what they're going to do to him. Yeah. It's, again, I don't know. That's just to show like how weird this alien race is. Or it's just to throw um, a bit more gore into it. Uh, just a bit yeah, just um, <laughs> you mentioning there about Lord Crumb. Now, this guy, not to the same quality, but he's a bit of a Darth Vader. Because it actually took three people to play him. Um, there's... One who plays yeah. the normal version of him. There's one who plays him like later on when he kind of he's an alien form, and there's also someone else doing his voice. That's a bit like Vader in um, yeah, Return that. of the Jedi, isn't it? It <laughs> took three people to play him um, across the entire movie. It's a bit <laughs> overkill for such a low budget movie. Yeah, it is a bit, isn't it? Yeah, hopefully he didn't have to pay all three of them. No wonder he, had, he ended up with a twenty five grand budget. Yeah, that. right. <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> so this is where it now cuts back to Derek. And um, we think he's dead, but he's actually not dead at all. And he wakes up and he there's like seagulls on him sort of attacking him where obviously his brains and that have all fallen out where he's fallen down a cliff. And he just headbutts his seagull, doesn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just it's pretty, pretty random. I think, it, I don't know if it's at this point or a point just before where they've eluded the other guys that Derek's got a thing about birds. He's got like a thing with them. Obviously birds as in flying birds not you know the slang for a woman not being sexist but yeah he just nuts his seagull doesn't he he? Does, yeah yeah the other guy like you say he loses he's like oh he's the only one yeah the only thing that he could ever connect with and for some reason like he nuts one but like he's <laughs> fucking the back of his head falls open and his brains fall out don't they and then he like yeah. he just kind of like folds his head back up and then he notices his brains so he picks <laughs> them up opens his head again, pushes his brains back inside and just closes the back of his head again. And that's one of the one, one scene I remember from watching this as a kid. And I'm just thinking, what the fuck? But to be honest, that kind of brain effect isn't, again, that bad when you think about it. No, it, it, no, it looks quite good. And this um, obviously becomes like a, an ongoing thing, doesn't it? The fact that his head keeps coming open and his, the back of his head sort of, he's got like a little hatch almost <laughs> in the back of his head. And it, it keeps opening up and his brains just fall out. And he, he puts a hat on, doesn't he, to try and keep them in. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. It's really got me thinking now that was actually Peter Jackson who played him. Now that it's obviously, you mentioned it says it on IMDb, I'm just trying to think. It's like, was that him? Because it really doesn't look like him. But then I just don't know. It's got me questioning it now. 
It really doesn't. But like I say, according to IMDb, it, it was him. Um, I don't know about Wikipedia. I haven't got that open at the moment. But yeah, certainly IMDb says it was. So, I mean, yeah, who who's to argue with IMDb? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is actually the bit where it cuts to um, the guys getting the stuff out of the back of the Capri. We sort of jumped ahead a little bit there. They get the, the weapons out and we see all the arsenal they've got at the back of the Capri. And they say that... It, when they work undercover, they have to remain faceless. So they put like balaclavas on now, don't they? Which is a bit annoying, actually, because then it becomes quite hard to distinguish who's who in the later scenes I found. I don't know about yourself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, to be honest, it doesn't really matter. But no. yeah, because obviously there are their accents and um, things. And obviously, no disrespect. I've got family from New Zealand and stuff. So I know like the accent pretty well. But again, like there's no really differentiation between them. And again, it, like, it kind of points out that because it's kind of hinting all the way through this that these guys are all supposed to be like government agents. They work for AIDS and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, so, but they're just such a bunch of fucking random misfits, aren't they? Like, I know, yeah. again, we have to go back to the fact there's no budget, but none of them look like trustworthy people like you'd hire to like protect the Earth or anything because they all seem to know about the existence of aliens and they hint that they obviously stopped different invasions or had these different kind of like cases they worked on before. But it's just, you look at these people and you're like, you are the biggest bunch of fucking ragtags I've ever seen in my life. You're like the, the fucking, you know, a bunch of wallies from Only Fools and Horses. You know, <laughs> you give those 10 guns and see what happens. I know, they make the guys that come out of the bloody cryos in Alien look like fit, don't they, with their flabby tits? But <laughs> I, do, I do like the um the code word as well. It's like, the code word, the bastards have landed. And apologies yeah. for my shit accent there, but, <laughs> you know, it's just... <laughs> That's pretty good. It's. It, I mean, this film doesn't pretend to be anything else other than bloody stupid, does it? It's not trying to be serious. I mean, some of the lines in it, there's some classic lines in this film. There are. It's just absolutely like, just fucking bonkers, isn't it? This this whole film, and you can tell it was just something that they were like doing just for fun, more than anything yeah. else. I and mean, I don't even think they ever expected to get any um, money for anything. But like you, you're just talking the lines. I suppose there's one. I think it's Derek who's like. Stick all the bits of brains in a plastic bag, Barry. We'll need them for analysis. It's, like, it's almost as bad as <laughs> those fucking detectives in the nostril picker when they put the body parts in that bloody sandwich bag and just leave it on the table. It's just like, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. And this this is kind of where now we do sort of get a little bit of the plot. So it cuts to the, the chief and he's in the house with all the other aliens. There's loads of them now. Um, what's he called? Chief Lord Crumb, whatever his name is. Anyway, yeah, the Lord Crumb. And he tells the aliens that they're going to be leaving this shitty planet tomorrow, but they've got to stay in human form for the time being. Um, so you kind of now kind of get a little bit of what's going on. Um, so the guys now have reached the house, minus Derek, who's still trying to put his brains in somewhere. But the other guys <laughs> have now reached the house and they're, they're, they sneak in there. And um, this is one of the goriest sort of parts, I think, now, the next sort of 10, 15 minutes of the film. They're in this room, aren't they? And there's blood and shit all over the floor. And, one of them slips up on some guts. <laughs> then randomly, they just start mopping it up, don't they? I don't know why they'd be mopping it up. But then there's a, a room with loads of cardboard boxes in. It turns out that's actually the, the townspeople, isn't it? They've all been chopped up and they're going back to the alien planet to be used for fast food. Um, the, the chief, Lord Crumb, whatever his name is now, gives a bit of a speech to the other aliens about the fast food and stuff. So this is where we finally find out what's actually happening, don't we? It is, yeah. And this must be... You're pushing about 40 minutes by now, aren't you, into the movie? So, yeah. you're like, 
the movie's only about an hour and a half. I mean, the version I watched, which I believe was the same as yours on Amazon Prime. So you, you're like quite a chunk of the way through before you even realise kind of what's happening. And on yeah, the face of it, like, or like at least when we find out, you think, all right, so this movie does have a little bit of a plot. If that have a bit of an overture at the start of the movie and kind of set the scene, you might be able to follow it a bit easier. But for the first 40 minutes, you're just watching a bunch of like Kiwis running around, <laughs> fucking, you're not even knowing what they're doing, like shooting at trees and fucking eating brains and hanging from cliffs and stuff. And you're like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, exactly that. I mean, like I say, the plot is pretty loose. This is the only bit where you kind of really realise what's going on. But again, it's not exactly a major plot, is it? They're chopping humans up to take them back to their planet to eat them. That's all you really need to know. Well, it makes <laughs> you uh, wonder, doesn't it? Like, just to jump in there, but it's like, it's, as we, um, as, I, as I read and alluded to at the start, like the idea was that, what the idea, should we say, Peter Jackson was just thinking things up and filming them. So it makes you wonder if like this whole idea, because I imagine this movie must have been one of those ones that must pretty much have been shot in sequence. Like, cause it's just a bunch of random scenes and maybe yeah, or the plot later on, which is why it's so late into the movie. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, if he's, he's just making up as he goes along, basically, isn't he? Um, so this is sort of one of the, like I say, this now it starts to kick off. It's pretty um, non-stop from here on. I mean, it doesn't really let up at all, does it? There's a few little lulls, but it's pretty full on from start to finish this film. But it really starts picking up a bit of pace now, doesn't it? So the guys are in this room and they're, they're mopping up and shit. And then one of the... And they just start fucking about and they just rip his head off, clean out of like his spine and everything, don't they? <laughs> And then one yeah, of them... Then, then he pulls his head off and he's like, I've still got the magic. But he yeah. just like, ripped this guy's fucking head. Well, you know? One of them, I don't know which one it is now, I do apologise. He treads on this guy's spinal cord, which is still hanging out of his head that they've just ripped off, and kicks it out the window, his head out of the window, and goes, yeah, I've still got the magic. And then yeah. one of the other ones, one of them was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I just cleaned that bit, because obviously he's just been mopping up and now there's all blood over where he's been mopping. I mean, it's just so stupid. It is like well, like you said earlier, it's like why would they be fucking cleaning it? It's not their house anyway, and it's full of like fucking aliens and stuff. But this is where they kind of like try and go undercover, isn't it? And he like puts on the the blue shirt and yeah. the the jeans and stuff, and sort of tries to go inside, do a bit of infiltration to see what the situation. Yeah, is. Yeah, so it's Frank, I think, at this point. Not that it really matters who it is, but Frank, he yeah, like you say, he puts on the aliens' clothes, and he, he the alien was carrying a bowl, so he a big glass like fishbowl almost isn't it so he takes that with him and goes into the room where all the other aliens are and that um, they've got robert old uh peter jackson haven't they the other aliens and they're, they're carrying him along sort of upside down and he he just throws up into this bowl doesn't he like this green just gooey sick liquid and then they're, they're passing it around drinking it and he comes to old chief crumb and he's like oh i'm tied lucky i got a chunky bit <laughs> Oh, it's fucking horrible, it, this, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's oh. disgusting. He, old Chief Crumb, whatever his name is, he's like, oh, I see the gruel is ready. Exquisite bouquet, Robert. And, and then he does his, uh, aren't I lucky I've got a chunky bit as he's drinking it. And then they're, they're passing the bowl around and they're all like taking sips out of it. And one thing I did notice, the contents of this bowl never seem to go down. I don't know if you noticed that. They're all taking like big I... mouthfuls out of it. Yeah, yeah, I did notice that. And I dread the thing where they fucking... That what was even in there? I, like I did read. Think it was just like a bunch of soup, but uh, no, it's on IMDb. I think it was yogurt and food coloring, and obviously there's chunky bits in it. I don't know what they used, but it was obviously it wasn't sick. Um, but yeah, it was like yogurt, food coloring, and probably sweets or something to make the chunky bits. So, I mean, and old Frank's there 
dressed up as one of the aliens and they're passing it around. He's getting closer and closer to him. And you see Oz, I think it is, his head popping around the door, like laughing because he knows his bowl's about to get to Frank and he's going to have to drink this sick. And his little face popping around the door just did make me laugh. Yeah, it's just fucking... <laughs> oh, it's just grim as well. I just, I, it's just obviously when they're, they're passing that fucking bowl around, it just made... I don't know what it was about the effect of that. It was just like... You know what it's like when obviously obviously you've been sick or mm. you smell someone yeah. else has been sick. It's just I don't know why. I just looked at that scene and I was like, I bet that it probably didn't for the movie, but I just think, man, that's just so fucking grim and I bet that would have fucking reeked if it was real. It's just fucking yeah, I've been discussed. I mean it made it made me feel a bit when I watched this yesterday, I knew it was coming. This is another scene that I remember very well from watching it years and years ago. The funny thing is as well, when the bowl finally does get to Frank, he's obviously looking at it, he's like, God, I'm gonna have to drink this, otherwise my cover's blown. So he kind of takes a tentative sip, doesn't he? And then he's like, oh, and he goes back in for more. It obviously tastes good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that. <laughs> like, dude, you know, that's just come out of a fucking alien stomach, <laughs> you know, that you've been obviously, or one of your buddies has been fighting all this time. It doesn't like, you come back into like the room with the other guys in a minute and he's like, oh, you never guess what I just had to do. One of us like, you just had to drink some chug. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's like, yeah, you had to drink some chug. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> At this point now, they actually find the collector guy who's still in the pot and they managed to release him from it. Um, and now this next whole scene here with the main three guys um, and the collector reminded me a bit of Commando. There's a bit of a shootout now, isn't there? There's aliens patrolling outside. And randomly, there's just two aliens playing patty cake or whatever it is in this room, isn't there? Just <laughs> tapping each other's hands, just sat on there like with their legs out. <laughs> what is going on there? This is like a fucking, just a bunch of like mates and extras, and it's like just do something to look, I don't know, Stupid. just looking conspicuous in the background. Yeah, but you, I know what you mean about it looking like Commando because it's just like a ridiculous shootout, and they mow down so many. I don't know how many of these aliens they're supposed to be, but there seemed to be like an endless wave at one point. Yeah, there is. I mean, there's one bit where um they they shoot a couple, where you just see them sort of milling about, a couple of on um, patrolling outside, and they get shot. And there's one bit, I can't remember, I think it might be Frank, who just shoots aimlessly into this tree and about 10 of them fall out, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's supposed to yeah, be it's stupid. Just... And just makes me wonder like, how many people do Peter Jackson know and like him enough to come and be in this bloody movie? Yeah. <laughs> and we, we cut back to Derek as well. And amongst all this, it sort of keeps cutting between Derek and the shootout that's going on in, in the house. And Derek's still having a bit of trouble. He's now sort of led on the ground with his brains hanging out. And a seagull just shits on his face, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just a bit as well where, like, doesn't he find, like, more alien brains and push them in his head as well? He, yeah, a little bit later on he does. Yeah, it, it, at this point, he, he kind of he shoves his own brains back in his head, I think. And then he goes to this camouflaged, like, shitty old car. And it's got like um, a cardboard cutout of the Beatles in the window, isn't it? I'm not really sure what that's all about. Yeah, yeah. I assume that's supposed to be their sort of undercover car. Yeah, you're right. He, he sort of like comes to sit because they all think he's still dead at this point, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Going ahead of myself a little bit on the plot. Well, I say plot, <laughs> but you know what I mean in the movie. <laughs> but yeah, he's like driving this fucking car, but he's like he's sat in the back of it, and he's like. I don't know why. There's like little fucking car, but it's like got like an extra layer. It's like a double-decker bus, it's weird, but it's a fucking it? mini at the same time, isn't it? I don't know what it's supposed it's to be. It's a really weird car. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's a strange car. And with a cardboard cutout with the Beatles in there as well, it's just really weird. But obviously this whole film's weird. Um, so meanwhile, back at the house, the chef now appears again, and he attacks Frank in the collector with a machete. And there's quite a big fight here, isn't there? But it's 
really badly staged. Again, I'm sure it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be good, is it? The choreography or anything, but it's really badly done. Um, but then this other alien just appears and the chef cuts him open with a machete by accident, doesn't he? He swings it towards Frank, but he cuts the, the other alien's stomach open. Yeah. Yeah, because this bit's like fucking... The worst bit about this is obviously the guy gets his stomach cut open. Obviously, he falls down dead. And then um, you say it was Frank. He kind of like backdrops the guy over the balcony at this stage, doesn't yes, he? Yes, he does. Throws him down to the ground. But then he turns around. I don't know if you notice this, but like the guy who's had his stomach cut open has vanished. And it kind of does a dun, dun, dun with the camera looking. <laughs> it's like one straight fucking like um like balcony and it kind of zooms in it zooms to the left and it just looks at the corner of the balcony and it's like well he's not going to be fucking there is he we've just seen <laughs> the entire stretch of his balcony and the camera's just zoomed in on the bloody corner <laughs> i didn't notice that actually <laughs> this is um so again it cuts back to derek sort of it's like i say it's going between the shootout going on and derek and he's still having a bit of a bad time his brain keep falling out so he gets, he takes his belt off, doesn't he? And now ties that around his head to try and keep them in. And then he's walking along and he just treads on a bit of his brain as he's walking along. <laughs> I don't get like, like you say, he's like the main character in this movie, but I don't get what kind of like fucking hero he's supposed to be. Cause he's obviously he's cracked his head open. He's losing his brains, but he's actually starting to go a bit fucking mental as well, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Cause he gets in the car now and drives it and he just, drives into that alien and he splits in two doesn't he he's sort of hanging off the bonnet in two his legs are on one side and his torso is the other side and he's like sort of entrails and that holding him together and then there's a there's a really obvious cut sorry to jump in that's there right. but that's a really obvious cut there where you can actually see like the safety bar at the front and the kind of mannequin dummy of the, of the guy who gets hit i don't know if you know because the quality on um amazon prime was obviously a bit shit i mean the movie's shit quality anyway but yeah you can tell there's like that kind of like stunt bar at the front oh no i didn't i didn't see that again i was probably like typing as i was watching it sort of a bit of multitasking and being a man obviously we're not too good at multitasking um <laughs> so the, the guy's sort of hanging off the car and stuff and then derek goes to the boot of the car and gets a chainsaw out doesn't he and his face when he gets that chainsaw out he's loving it isn't he yeah he's literally gone like really i don't know if he's like turned on or he's just gone like completely sadistic but he's just He's just got this really weird expression. He's, of all the characters, he's the one who puts the voice on the most, isn't he? Yeah. He's got this really weird, like, cartoonish type yeah, voice. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get you lot now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's really bad. <laughs> this bit did crack me up. So the alien that he's just run over and chopped in two, he's led there just playing with his own guts, isn't he? Derek's, like, <laughs> walking around, but obviously his brains are uh, sort of half out of his head, so he's been a bit wonky with his chainsaw. And again... Apparently the chainsaw didn't work, which is probably for the best because he's waving this around, isn't he, and staggering about, and that could have been quite nasty if he'd have accidentally fallen over. But the alien who's playing with his own guts sees Derek waving his chainsaw about. I mean, the guy's in half anyway, so I don't know what else, other damage Derek could do to him. But he just picks up a pine cone, doesn't he, and chucks it at Derek's head. <laughs> <laughs> it did make me laugh. I was like, is that, that like your effort of combating the chainsaw, just chucking a pine cone at him? Yeah, it's not going to do a huge amount. But then, as we've seen, these aliens aren't exactly the most intelligent, are they? No, no, exactly. I mean, that's the whole point of it, isn't it? They are a bit dense. But <laughs> So Derek's sort of flapping about. He's now got a chainsaw. So he's in, like, seventh heaven, isn't he? His face completely lights up. I'm pretty sure he sort of drools on it as well. Because at the start, we see him when he's on his radio and his drool coming out of his mouth, isn't it? And I think when he gets the chainsaw, he starts drooling a bit. He's getting particularly excited now about this. I was going to mention that because 
I don't know if that's drool or if it's supposed to be like bird shit or something <laughs> else because it's just this big white streak like running straight down the center of his chin, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I actually thought I was like, watching that thinking, what is that actually supposed to be? Because it looks fucking dodgy. Well, he has been shot on by a seagull, so maybe it is bird shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so Derek's now got his chainsaw and he, he's a happy chappy. So he cuts back to the house where the shootout's still going on. And this is where we see old uh, Chief Lord Crumb, whatever his name is. He comes out now and he just hides behind a bush, doesn't he? He's trying to shoot Barry. Barry's been split up from the other guys, um, the, the collector and Frank. So Barry's sort of on his own now. And um, he, I think at this point, like loads of aliens come running towards him and he's got this pistol and he just literally 10 shots and just takes them all out like, like a bloody dominoes, isn't it? Yeah, suddenly he turns into like fucking John Wayne, like sharpshooter, like with the, with the fucking magnum or whatever it is he's waving around and it's just like fucking hell it's like you know you've been a pretty pretty much a dipstick for most of the movie and now suddenly you're like the world's greatest like marksman <laughs> yeah exactly so i think at this point most of the aliens are dead because the guys managed to get back to the capri don't they they're being chased by a few of them but they managed to uh to get back to the old capri with the collector guy as well so they've, they've rescued him and they drive off i think they might shoot one of the aliens as they're driving because they're sort of coming at them they're driving through like a forest almost aren't they and the aliens are sort of yeah. coming at them from above, sort of down this like hillside. And I think they shoot at one or two. Then the car does overheat at this point. Um, so then Oz decides he's going to go after them with the Magnum, which is one thing they, they talked about. Oz has got a Magnum at the start, I think it was. Or someone has the Magnum. But um, he also grabs the rocket launcher from the boot. And that's what he wanted in the first place, isn't it? This rocket launcher. Yeah. So he's obviously really excited. We've got Derek who's got his chainsaw. Oz has now got the rocket launcher. So the, the, these guys are in seventh heaven now with the weapons they've got. Yeah, yeah, they're doing all right. Because there's a bit, I, I can't remember you touching it then, but um, the guy with the chainsaw, like, he like literally chainsaws one of them in half at one point, doesn't he? From like crotched ahead and it's like a really yeah, slow yeah. sequence. He like that's, sneaks up behind them. That's coming and up he's in like, a minute. Like, oh, it's in a minute, is it? Yeah, because yeah. it's just like, fucking hell, what's going on? Because <laughs> that's how... Um, I can't remember which one doesn't know he's still alive and he just like sticks his face through the wall and again he does like a fucking like oh. a Jack Nicholson doesn't he yeah I've got that in my notes here that's coming up in a second yeah they, they don't know Derek's still alive they think he's still at the bottom of the cliff being eaten by seagulls at this point and this, this is random this bit the guys have abandoned the Capri because it overheated and then um, two of the aliens just get into the Capri don't they and they start messing about with the stereo and heavy metal starts playing and they're like, they're like going, oh my God, these aliens, they don't like the metal music. And then Oz just blows the Capri up with the rocket launcher, doesn't he, with the two aliens inside it. I oh, know, and that's one of the saddest parts of the movie. I hate it when a cool car gets blown up. <laughs> yeah, you don't like it, do you? I remember in The Mandalorian when the ship got destroyed and um, when the Prometheus uh, blew up. You're not a fan of these um, vehicles getting blown up, are you? No, I, I find more, no, I, I enjoy the vehicles more than I enjoy the characters half the time. <laughs> well, in, in these sort of films, you know, I mean, the character, I did actually like the characters in this because they're so stupid. You kind of, you have to sort of have a bit of a thing for them, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we cut to the chief now and there's a few aliens left and they've decided it is pretty much time to go home. Like, they've had enough. They've got what they needed to do. These guys are obviously topping them all and taking them out one by one. So they better get back to the planet before there's none of them left. So um, I think this is the point now where Oz... He fires a rocket into the house, into the the um, the house with the chief and stuff, and it goes in one window and straight out the other and blows up a sheep, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's just a random fucking. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like a New Zealand thing. Um, but it's like, yeah, we have to get a sheep in the movie there. 
it's, it's just, yeah, I mean, it just cuts the sheep, doesn't it? It goes, meh, and it just blows up. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, the sound effect is pretty much exactly what you did. It's almost like one of them just like, oh, we can't get the sound effect of a real sheep. We'll just go, meh. <laughs> This is fucking do it myself, laughing too much. The chief as well in this bit when he, he's like he uh, he's sort of trying to get away from me. He goes wankers, doesn't he? That really <laughs> stupid voice he's got. <laughs> yeah, that, that that voice of um Lord Crumbs is fucking weird. <laughs> it is a bit, yeah. I mean, they, at this point, I think they've all turned into aliens now, haven't they? Because they, Lord Crumbs starts turning into an alien, then suddenly they're all aliens, and. Like their makeup <laughs> or whatever it is, it's so shit in it. They've got like butt cheeks that have come out of their jeans. <laughs> I was gonna say, why do they like their shoulders like kind of burst out and then they've got like their ass cheeks coming out as well? And then the thing yeah. is, the way they walk and the way they look, do you know what it reminded me of? Do you remember the oh. guy at the end of Robocop? He gets the toxic waste on him, doesn't he? And oh, he yeah, melts yeah, and melting, he starts like running around. Yeah. yeah. That's what it fucking reminded me of. It's like these masks, they just like fucking. I don't know, potatoes or something that they've shoved on their heads. They're fucking rubbish. It, it's so random, isn't it? I mean, they've got those stupid masks on. Like you say, their shoulders have come out of their shirts and their arse cheeks have come out of their jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be stupid, but that, yeah, that is pretty damn stupid. So at this point, Frank's getting a bit pissed off because Oz has got the rocket launcher and he's starting to be a bit of a knob with it. So they go into the house now and they start chopping up the aliens. I think, I don't know where they've got this sword from, but somehow they've now got a sword or a machete or something. And they start slicing up a few of the sort of stragglers. And at this point, Derek turns up with the chainsaw. <laughs> the, the way he turns up, though, is amazing. Like, they're inside the house and he just cuts a hole in the side of the house. The house is made out of wood, isn't it? And it's in a perfect Derek shape. And it just falls forward and he just walks through the <laughs> hole with the chainsaw. It's brilliant. Not one of those... Fucking cartoons when someone crashes through a wall and it leaves, like you say, the perfect outline of them going through. It's, it's like bloody yeah. hell. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's very tongue-in-cheek. This is the point now where he slices one up with a chainsaw. He literally hacks it apart. And then he takes the alien's brains out and shoves them in his own head, doesn't he? Yeah. And again, again, <laughs> there's no plot here, but I don't get the, the necessity for that. Like, why, why are you going to put, like, those brains? And they don't even fit, do they? He kind of, like, he's trying to, like, squeeze the back of his head shut, and they're all, like, spewing out of the fucking gap of his little, his flap, and then he wraps the yeah. belt around his head again. It's like, what the hell are you trying to achieve? And then they're probably like, oh, mate, he's gone fucking batshit crazy or something, and he's just yeah. there with his weird fucking look on his face. <laughs> I think this is this is why he does it, because at this point, Frank and Oz are face-to-face with an alien, and they, they're kind of a bit trapped. And then... Derek just kind of comes through the wall and just chops this alien in half from head to foot. And that's when he does his shiny moment. He sort of sticks his head through and goes, <laughs> makes this really stupid noise <laughs> in a very, I mean, the nostril picker shining moment was bad, but this one's even worse, but this one's funnier. And then they're like, oh my God, it's Derek. He's got an ape shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> I guess he's put the alien brains in his head and they're sort of making him even more mad than he originally was. Yeah, that that whole bit as well, like you were saying, like the kind of showdown between those two before um, Derek comes in and cuts the guy in half. Like the way one of them like comes into the room and the alien stops, and it just is a really shit version of Mortal Kombat because he's got this stupid little fucking red tank top on, and he's like they just sort of pose like they're about to have some kind of martial arts fight, and it's like they both forget what they're supposed to be doing on film, and they just kind of stare at each other for a long minute, and it's like fucking hell, what's supposed to be happening in this scene? <laughs> yeah, that's true actually. So at this point. Um, I think this is where the alien, the, the chief crumb guy, he decides it's time to um to get out of the place, doesn't he? So he starts, the house starts turning into a ship, doesn't it? A spaceship. 
um, and it all starts transforming and shit. So Frank and Oz try and get out. And um, this is actually the bit where the rocket launcher shoots the sheep. So I got a bit ahead of myself there. But anyway, um, Oz gets shot up by the chief now, doesn't he? Like the chief's got a machine gun. He starts proper shooting into Oz's leg and he shoots him about 10 times and his blood splurting out of his leg and stuff and everything. And the, there's like fake grass around the house and it starts getting sucked up into the house and Oz is getting dragged along by this grass, isn't he? And Frank just manages and manages to pull him out before he gets sucked under the house. Yeah. Now I've got to say, when I was watching this, that bit with the grass looks fucking dreadful. Hmm. But some of the transformation parts of this house weren't too bad. And again, I no, imagine this must have been obviously when they got the budget, they got the money, the twenty five grand or whatever it was. This must have obviously been where most of that money went to do this transformation for the house because it's quite a big sequence. They'd never been able to do this, obviously, without any sort of like funding, would they? No, I mean, this is obviously, apart from the blood and guts, this is, like you say, probably where all the money went because this is the sort of part where they did use some kind of special effect, I guess. One thing I did notice, though, is when Frank rescues Oz, he drags him away from the house and stuff and he's sort of giving him a fireman's lift or whatever. There's no blood. The guy's been shot on his leg, and blood was splurting everywhere, and now it, his leg seems fine. <laughs> I did um, I did read somewhere that because, obviously, this was shot just at weekends, I wasn't paying enough attention to notice, but there's loads of inconsistencies like that, like their wig colour and um, <laughs> all that lot is all different because, obviously, they were doing it over such a long period of time that they'd come back every few weeks and obviously yeah. put a new wig on and that. So if you actually watch the movie and pay attention you'll notice that like their hair's always different and one minute someone's got like a lot of stubble then they're clean shaven and they got like a fucking full-on beard or something going on so it doesn't surprise me that there's a massive inconsistency there but it's a bit of a strange one considering the amount of gore that's in this movie you would have thought they'd have gone you know remembered that bit yeah i mean that was just an excuse to show some more but yeah he's got like tracky bottoms on and there doesn't seem to be any bullet holes or anything it just seems to be completely normal but you know we'll, we'll let him off a little bit so at this point now, the house does start to take off. Um, and again, it doesn't look too bad, to be fair. So Derek grabs a chainsaw, but it's a bit too late. He's, he's trying to save the day, but the house he's still in the house at this point. Frank and Oz are outside. Derek's still in there. So he, he grabs a chainsaw to try and stop old Chief Crumb taking off, but he, he's too late. They've already taken off. And there's a really random bit now. I don't know if you picked up on this. It cuts back to Frank and Oz led outside on the grass. And um, Frank says something like, oh, shit, look at the state of you, looking at Oz, and just gives him a cigar. And Oz is like, I don't smoke. And he's like, oh, yeah, just takes it back and starts smoking it himself. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> almost like they wanted to go for one of those kind of action movie endings, but it, just, <laughs> it made absolutely no sense, did it? And the, the worst bit, I mean, worse than that, is the fucking Lord Crumb, because obviously it cuts back to them, they're in, they're in the house, and obviously going up into space, and he just pulls out like a random fucking normal telephone and somehow yeah. calls his fucking alien friends, doesn't he? It's like, dude, yeah. that's not going to be fucking plugged into anything, and you just manage to reach wherever your bloody people are. <laughs> I was literally about to say that. So that, that's pretty much the end of Frank and Oz in this in the film, and they do have a little tiny bit at the end. So now we're just left with Derek and the Chief in the house, and it's taken off now. And like you say, the Chief just picks up this like shitty phone, and he's like, I'll be home in 20 minutes <laughs> to whoever he's phoning. And he says, like, he's, he's got enough specimens on board. So that's obviously alluding to the fact that the, the townsfolk are still on board, the bodies and that, and he's bringing them back for their fast food chain. So <laughs> the chief is, like, stood there. And then Derek just cuts a hole in the ceiling above him, doesn't he, and just jumps through it like a little round hole, jumps down and just chainsaws the chief 
from like head to foot, but he goes through the body as he's doing it and comes out of his arsehole. He? He <laughs> and then he just goes, I've been born again. <laughs> just comes out of his arse. Before he jumps down and kills the chief, though, he's like, "Was it suck my spinning steel, asshole, or something like that?" And then fucking dives down. You can tell it's just like a fucking dummy or something falling through. But yeah, he kind of cuts his way through, and it's the way he comes out of his ass. It's like fucking hell. One minute, like, because they're about the same size, and then suddenly, when he's coming out of his ass, the chief looks like he's like ten times bigger. He just led there, and he's he's come out of his ass, covered in his blood and guts, and he's like, "I've been born again." <laughs> So fucking stupid. So then, somehow, then he, he gets the the chief's um, like skin and puts it over himself. <laughs> like, there's no blood at this point, is there? It's just like his skin. He just sort of covers himself up with it, and he's just like, "I'm coming to get you, you bastards!" And <laughs> it shows this really crap effect of the house just spinning around in space with Saturn in the background. <laughs> That's pretty much. The end, isn't it? Apart from the fact we now cut back to Barry and the collector and they're hitchhiking and Frank and Oz turn up in the Beatles mobile and pick them up and that's pretty much the end of the film. That's it, yeah. Pretty much it's, it's cuts to the end as well. And again, it's like the special effects in the space, I mean, if you can call them that, they're a bit fucking <laughs> ropey because the first bit is when, um, what's his name? Is it is it Barry who's still in, in the house? The guy with the chainsaw? Derek. Is it Barry? Derek, that's Derek. the one. Yeah. he opens a curtain, doesn't he? And you just see like... Earth zooming away from the house in like a really fucking like acme cartoon fashion yeah, that's how cartoon. he like realizes he's in space but it's like how fast is his house going one he's got like some really shitty rinky dink mobile phone that he can magically call <laughs> aliens from and he managed to get from earth to saturn in about five minutes well he says he's going to be aiming 20 minutes so wherever they come from that thing's that thing's moving isn't it <laughs> it's, it's certainly got some fucking speed on it but yeah stone me what a movie what an experience <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much the movie. I mean, the plot, if you can call it that, is pretty pretty loose, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, when I'm glad I kind of read up a little bit about it because when you watch it and you know that this was pretty much made up as they went along, you, it makes, I would say it makes more sense. It doesn't. Nothing about this movie makes <laughs> sense. But you can kind of understand it. But if you went in and watched this movie, like most of us probably did, like you probably did back in the day, expecting a movie that was probably scripted, written, budgeted and planned. And you were like, what the fuck am I watching here? It's just so fucking weird. <laughs> I, I can't remember what I thought when I watched it back in the day. I don't I don't even think I cared about the plot. You know, I was 14, 15. All I cared about was the extreme amounts of gore. I didn't really give a shit what was going on. I was just like, where's the next gory bit? Where's the next gory bit? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I was the same because I remember I just remembered sequences from this, like say the brains come out the back of the head and then him like <laughs> tying it back in, and some of the death scenes, and that's all I remember from this film is like I say I watched it when I was about I don't know thirteen, fourteen, around my mate's house. I wasn't even watching it properly, but that's what stuck with me. So yeah, I didn't even know there was a storyline other than the fact there was weird aliens that <laughs> looked like potatoes. <laughs> I'm surprised at this or how much of this actually came back watching it again yesterday. I mean, I kind of forgotten the um again use the term Lucy plot the fact that they were taking the, the bodies back for fast food but all the main scenes I remembered fairly well to be honest there's a few bits I'd forgotten about the sheep blowing up was one of them that did give me a little bit of a chuckle watching that yesterday <laughs> no offense I like sheep but that is fucking funny um so yeah I mean I I, I don't want to give too much away because we're going to score it in a minute but yeah I did remember most of it um, so are we ready to go in and give this an other score bread roll? I don't know if you want to just uh, recap on our scoring system very quickly. 
Yeah, absolutely. So for those who listen to us regularly, we introduced a actual scoring system, which is probably going to be like a common scoring <laughs> ratio for most of these movies that we're going to be looking at in the near future. But we use, we decided to choose others as we are the hyperbaric goat. So if a movie is absolutely dreadful, not worth the time of day, it is one other. If it's okay, if it's passable, you'd watch it once, but probably never again and probably wouldn't think of recommending it to anyone. It's going to be two others. It was right in the middle, but kept you entertained. It wasn't amazing, but it wasn't dreadful. It's going to be three others. If it's right on the money and you like the movie and you think, yeah, I'd watch that again, I'd happily, you know, buy that on Blu-ray or I'd have gone to the cinema to see that. It's going to be four. And if it's a sensational movie, if it blows you away, it absolutely exceeds expectations. And of course, it's going to be five others. So, JT, <laughs> what <laughs> what rating are you going to give Bad Taste? Okay, right. Now, I've kind of got a bit of a sentimental hat on here. As like I say, I do remember this fondly from my school days. So, I, I thought long and hard about it. It's probably longer than I should have done. And I'm actually going to give this three others because... <laughs> As bad as it is, I've got a soft spot for it. And I would definitely watch it again. Not in any hurry to watch it again, but I know I will watch this film again at some point. I wouldn't probably rush out and buy it, but I would quite happily sit there, have a few beers and watch this with some mates and just have a laugh because it's just so fucking stupid. What about yourself? (laughs) Well, three others are pretty damn generous right in the middle there. I'm probably not going to be as generous, but then I don't have as many fond memories of this as you. Like I said, I've only seen it once when I was a kid um, and I've never seen it again. Although I had, it's always been one that I've always meant to go back and watch again, but as much of a fan of Peter Jackson as I am, and I know how his work got better pretty impressively from movie to movie, which obviously couldn't have got worse, really. (laughs) (laughs) This movie's not actually terrible. Like I said, I may watch it again. Uh, I think I'd recommend it to people who are fans of like splatter horror who haven't seen it. But I'm just going to give this one two others myself. I think that's quite generous, Brad. I thought you'd probably be more on the one order. And when I recommended this every week, I was like, I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I did quite enjoy watching it again yesterday. And like I say, I'd happily sit there and watch this with someone who hasn't seen it, someone who has seen it, have a few beers. You can't take it seriously. It's not meant to be taken seriously. Um, I mean, the gore, as bad as it is, is over the top. And it's not, I don't think it's like, oh my God, sickly over the top though, is it? It's it's quite well done for its time and the budget they had. Yeah, as we said at the start, you know, some of the some of the scenes, especially that one right at the start of the movie where the guy gets his head blown off and his brains, like you can tell it's like a dummy with like sauce and fucking jelly or whatever is in his head to make the brain effects. But <laughs> it's actually it's pretty good. And I was quite impressed with some of that. Um and again, it's one of those movies I wouldn't I'm not trying to sound sexist. Like I say it's one of those lad movies that you know yeah. you obviously male and female could watch. But yeah, after you've sunk a few beers and you sat there and you just want to have a laugh at something ridiculous for an hour and a half. This is exactly the sort of movie you'd want to put on at the end of an evening just for a chuckle. Outside of that, you probably wouldn't want to spend much time with it. But yeah, it is. it does have its merits and it is worth it because it's just interesting to see, you know, where a director as renowned as Peter Jackson obviously started off. Yeah, I mean, it is crazy, like we said at the start, how far he's gone since this. Um, and I think all the guys in it, I mean, they're not trying to be serious actors, are they? And I think they're all great. Just the fact that they're, they're hamming it up and they're literally just taking the piss out of themselves, aren't they? With their accents and the way they sort of act and stuff. It's just it's just quite entertaining for an hour and 20, hour and a half, however long it is. 
Yeah. It, it is. It's, it's mindless fun. And it's just, it's, it's definitely one that I think you need to experience. Um, I wouldn't say avoid it, hence I gave it two others now. But yeah, it's definitely a movie that probably needs to be experienced at least once for any uh, any movie fan out there. Exactly. So um, before we go, we just uh, give a little heads up. Next week, we're going to be um, checking out, was it Peter Jackson's next film or did he make anything in between the two? Do you know? Because there's a five-year gap between this and the film we're watching next week. So what was he up to in those five years? Do you know? I am about to find out. I think it might have been his next movie because he doesn't tend to pump them out. Um, mm. So let's just have a quick look. You can uh, let people know what we're going to be watching while I take a look on IMDb. Yeah, I will. It's um, it's technically it's not really the next film. After, it was the next film after this, we think, but it's not a follow-on to this. A sequel, I think. It's Brain Dead, another Peter Jackson film, and it's one that when people talk about taste, they always mention Brain Dead as well. It's almost like it's a sequel, but it's definitely not. It's a standalone film, isn't it? It's got nothing to do with bad taste. It's not, no, it is, um, like you say, it is an absolute um, standalone movie. It's kind of like, the only way it could be obviously be conceived as a sequel is kind of like the way the Cornetto trilogy, like you got Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and um, yeah, then you got World's End. You know, they're trilogies because they're the same people, but they're not trilogies directly um, or sequels directly. So yeah, he did Bad Taste. Then he did a movie called Meet the Feebles, and then it was Brain Dead, oh, which came yeah. out in um, 1992. Meet the Feebles. Now, I've heard of that, actually. I'm just looking now, just make sure Brain Dead is still... Yeah, Brain Dead's still on YouTube, just checking, because I don't think it's on Prime or anything. Um, and it's actually called Dead Alive, a.k.a. Brain Dead, on YouTube, in case anyone's wanting to listen to this, or watch it, sorry, before they listen to our next podcast, which hopefully you will, just to keep up with what we're on, on about. Um, so it's called Dead Alive, a.k.a. Brain Dead. Now you've mentioned that Meet the Feebles, that might be one we should do as well, Bread Roll, because I've never seen that, but I have heard of it. Yeah, I've never seen it either, but also I just clocked another one on here, the one he did before he did Lord of the Rings, which I've only seen once again, is The Frighteners, which came out in 1996. He had like a proper like chunk of horror movies. I think he had to do, the studio had to get, made him do some of these horror movies before they let him do Lord of the Rings. Um, but yeah, from Brain Dead, I mean, I can't speak for Meet the Feebles, but I remember Brain Dead had a much higher budget and a much better quality. From what I remember, obviously, we'll yeah. find out when we actually watch it and review it next week. Yeah, I mean, Brain Dead, I remember it being even more full on than bad taste, gore wise, but I don't remember a lot about it. It's one that I certainly haven't seen as many times as bad taste. So it's going to be interesting watching that again because it, it was, will almost be like watching it for the first time, I think. I'm sure a lot of it will come back when I do watch it again. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing that on myself. Um, so, do you have anything else to say about bad taste at this point? Um, no, not at all, Bradwell. I don't think. Like I say, three others. I think is um, I might have been being a little bit generous there, and a little bit of nostalgia creeping in. But I would advise people if they haven't seen it, check it out. If you haven't got Prime, it is on YouTube as well. I don't know what the quality's like or what version of it is, but there is a version of it on YouTube. So, um, I mean, I think this is more of a cult classic, certainly than the nostril picker. So I imagine most people will probably have seen this at some point, even if they don't remember it. So, yeah, not really much else to say, apart from if you haven't already seen it, check it out, because I reckon you might uh, might enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely a movie that I think needs to be seen at least once by everyone who calls himself a movie fan. And it's also a good one just to sort of like, if you're on your first date and you want to impress the lady in your life or the man in your <laughs> life, you know, and you want to show them the quality of your, your movie 
your movie taste and whack this one on. And uh, if your relationship gets past that first date, then you know you're in for a winner. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, if you do um, get a second date or you carry on, then you've got a keeper there. That's all I can say. <laughs> so on that um, piece of amazing relationship advice, this is Bread Roll signing off. This is JT just saying we're on Twitter, the Hyperbaric Goats, or at Hyperbaric The, as Twitter likes to call us. So hit us up, let us know what you're doing and what you think of our stuff. And I've just got one last thing to say. Stay where you are then, and I'll give you an eyewitness description of this. In a galactic wanker. <laughs>